Well, morning, everyone. Great to see you all this morning. Uh, it's nice to be here. Uh, I bring greetings from the church in Darlington, from King's Church. Uh, we had to kind of dust off our passports this morning, obviously, to cross into Teesside. So it means they're all ready for our holidays in the summer, which is good. Um, it's just great, isn't it, to worship God together. And uh, I very much enjoyed your worship this morning. It was really good. It's great to join with you. It's lovely to come to other churches, actually, for two reasons. One, I've got no responsibility here at all, which is just wonderful. So what I can do is I can, I can kind of pull the pen out of a hand grenade, throw it in, and Raj will sort it out. Which is great. Normally you're left sorting your own things out of your own church. So that's a great thing. And the other thing, it's lovely to get a different flavour of other churches, because although we're all part of Christ Central and part of New Frontiers, the great thing I love actually about the family of New Frontiers uh, is that actually there's so many different flavours within there. You know, you can go to one New Frontiers church and it feels quite different to the rest, but it's kind of healthy. You know, we're, thankfully, we're not all like little milk bottles, all stamped out the same. Right. As individuals, we're not, are we? God treats us all differently. And as churches, God does the same. He has a plan for us and a purpose for us. And your purpose is quite unique. And our purpose in Darlington is quite unique. And the purposes in other churches, right, they're all unique. God has this, kind of puts a special handprint on us and said, this is what I want you to be. And we always need to major on what God's called us to be. Sometimes uh, in churches, we want to copy the latest thing that's going on, where there's success. Anybody ever done that? No? Yeah. <laughs> Good. I thought I was on my own for a minute. You know, we see things working in other parts of the world, and uh, we think, well, maybe we should do that as a church. And now we can learn from other people, but so often God said, actually, I've given you this shape to be you. Now go be you. So it's great to be here. That was just a little preamble, really. So if it all goes on like that, we'll be here. It's about four o'clock, I would have thought. <laughs> so my title this morning is actually The Radical Transforming Life-Changing Power of Being in Christ. Okay, now we've already thought about that, haven't we, in our singing, in our worship, and the words that have been brought this morning about Jesus is incredibly life-transforming. So I want us to read from Ephesians uh, chapter 1, and we're going to read the first 14 verses. Ephesians 1, verses 1 to 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace which he, freely, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, 
and the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. He was a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Now you'll be pleased to know I'm not going to unpick all of that package, a passage, otherwise we would, we would be here for a long time. There's a couple of things I want to do first of all, because a lot of the times in that, in those verses, it talks about being in Christ Jesus, and I want to look at that a bit more a bit later on in our talk. It's important to know what being in Christ Jesus means. But first of all, I want to think a little bit about the Apostle Paul, the guy who wrote this letter, and the way he received the radically transforming power, life-changing power of Jesus Christ in his life. The change in Paul's life was actually absolutely unbelievable. It was a miraculous change Paul had turned his life around, God turned his life around a full 180 degrees. He was going one way. He was persecuting the Christians. He was putting them in prison. He was helping put them to death. He was 100% against Jesus Christ and the church. He couldn't have been more against the church. He was against this new set of people who called themselves Christians. He was doing all he could to eradicate this new religion. That's where Paul was. That's the guy who wrote this. Okay? Unbelievable, isn't it? He was completely against. Then he meets the risen Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he is totally, totally and radically transformed. He just meets Jesus the once. And now suddenly this transformation is incredible. He is now going the other way. Now he's 100% for, for, for the Christians, for their new beliefs. He's 100% for Jesus. It's an incredible transformation. This radical Paul was radically transformed. Radically transformed. I, I, I quite like this story most of all because we don't read anywhere that Paul was looking for Jesus. He wasn't looking for Jesus. In fact, he wasn't one bit interested in Jesus Christ. He wasn't interested in what the Christians believed. He wasn't like Nicodemus who came looking for Jesus or the rich young ruler who came to ask Jesus questions or even Zacchaeus who climbed a tree to see Jesus. 
You see, Paul was ambushed by God on the road to Damascus. God just ambushed him, ambushed him. And what a powerful encounter that turned out to be. And what a terrifying way to meet God. What an incredibly terrifying way to meet the living God. No wonder that encounter with God transformed his life. Now, a lot of you here, I'm sure, have had an encounter with the living God. You've given your lives to Jesus Christ. And my guess is your encounter with God wasn't quite as dramatic as Paul's. But what we need to make sure of is that our experience in our lives is as radical. Just because our encounter with God wasn't as dramatic doesn't mean our lives shouldn't be radically transformed and changed. God wants to do that. Jesus wants to do that. You see, Jesus was radical when he walked and taught on the earth. He taught against the culture and traditions of his day. Jesus upset all the prominent people. He showed no favoritism to people with wealth or intellect or power. He showed no, he showed no prominent people any, any favors at all. Jews, Samaritans, religious sinners, prostitutes, thieves. He loved, actually, he went to them all. He taught them all. Let me tell you, this risen Lord Jesus is the same today. You see, he radically hijacks people today because he wants to radically change lives today. I really dislike some of the religious art that you see. Some of the old masters have drawn pictures. And you know the one of Jesus where there's one of him ascending into heaven? Maybe you've probably seen it when his arms are up and he looks all kind of cute and nice and peaceful. Can I tell you this? Jesus wasn't peaceful, really. He was radical. You see, he fought against things. He stood up for things. Our radical Jesus Christ is the same radical Jesus that's in heaven today and wants to radically change our lives. He hasn't lost any of that. He hasn't lost any of his grit and determination or anything. He just wants to see people radically change for his glory. Now, I'm sure a little later, there may be some time for us to meet with Jesus, to pray, because there might be some things in your life that need changing. Before we do that, let's just kind of look through this, some of this passage very quickly. And I want to just quickly look at eight things that God has done for us and blessed us with, and they're all because we are in Christ Jesus. First of all, number one, God has blessed us with every spiritual or heavenly blessing. The blessings that we get from God are not necessarily material. In fact, they're often not material. They're not earthly blessings. They are heavenly blessings. They're permanent, they're perfect, and they're eternal blessings that God gives us. Before Jesus came, God blessed his people mostly with earthly blessings, with physical things that they could touch. He promised to make them into a great nation and to give them land, which was wonderful. But we got more than that. We got more than that. Because all those things changed over the years. You know, they disobeyed God and things went wrong. And God said, I'm blessing you with every spiritual blessing. Eternal blessings are ours. 
Number two is God has chosen us to be holy and blameless, which I find absolutely amazing and unbelievable. See, because we are in Christ, we're holy and blameless before God. Now, why does God want to make us holy and blameless? Well, it's because he wants to be with us. He wants to have a relationship with us. And the only way he can do that is for us to be holy and blameless. I, I changed, I don't know if you do this, if you're speaking at all, anywhere. But I kind of rough out a talk, and then I go through it and I change it. And this morning, then I read it loads and loads through as the days go by, whatever. And just think, is this right, Lord? Is this what I need to do here? And uh, this morning, I was just reading through again. And I had written in the, the notes previously that God sees us through Jesus Christ and therefore he sees us blameless. And I suddenly thought, it's not quite right. Some, there's something not right in that. And I just felt God say to me, when I look at you, I see Jesus Christ. I see Jesus Christ in you and you in Jesus Christ because you are in Christ. You're not through him. You're not like standing behind him and he, God looks through Jesus and then he sees you at the back and he goes, oh, you're okay because I can't. When he looks at us, he actually sees Jesus because we are in Christ Jesus. He sees the perfect son of God. Isn't that incredible? There is no other way God could communicate with us if he didn't do that. It's impossible. So we've been chosen to be holy and blameless. Thirdly, God has adopted us of his sons. Now, I quite like that. If you ladies feel a little bit left out with God adopting us as sons, don't be. Because I think this is saying God adopts us as sons is unbelievably inclusive. Because back when this was written, you'll find that sons had all the blessings of inheritance. Everything was down to the sons, and the poor ladies got very little. It's all changed. It's all the other way around now, isn't it? Um, feel sorry for ourselves, guys. Um, but know that so God, what Paul's saying is here is actually you've all got the blessing of sons. See, he's not saying, ladies, you don't have anything. See, you've all got the blessing of sons. Isn't that amazing? You see, it's right against the culture of the day. He says, you, you've got it, your sons, your sons. See, Ephesians is not leaving the ladies out. They're being included. We are sons and we are daughters of the living God. Well, I'm not a daughter, some of you are. Sons and daughters of the living God, and we all have the same rights and privileges. And God really is our Father. God really is our Father, because we are sons of the living God. You're all sons of the living God. I just find that incredible. Okay, number four. God has redeemed us. Redemption or being redeemed is one of the great words in the Bible. It conveys the idea of deliverance or setting free by paying a ransom. It has the connotation that deliverance could not be achieved by the person needing to be set free. 
The person needing to be set free lacks the power, the ability and the means to pay their own ransom. Only Jesus has the power to set us free. He was the only one who could meet the ransom demands. You see, God has always wanted to transform us right from the fall. He's wanted to transform us from sinners into saints. That's the transformation from those that didn't know him to those that do know him. From those that were lost to those that are found. He wanted to transform us from the children of the devil to his children. It's an incredible transformation. And it's all through Jesus Christ. No one else could pay that ransom. Jesus was the only one who could pay the ransom. That's why when we're in Christ, when we're in Christ, we're kind of totally wrapped up in all the wonderful things he's done for us. It's incredible. Okay, so we've been ransomed, we've been redeemed. And then number five, God gives us wisdom and understanding. Have you noticed how often worldly wisdom can let us down? And really, it ultimately has to. Earthly wisdom looks at a set of circumstances, sets out an equation, and comes up with an answer. Yeah? Trouble is, we seldom have all the information to throw into the equation because there are so many unknowns. Thankfully, God knows absolutely everything. Absolutely everything. And when we come to God with situations or problems that we have, we can ask him for all the... Can, Lord, can you give us the information or could you just give us the answer, please? We need wisdom. And God promises to give us wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, He who lacks wisdom should ask for it, and God gives it to him. See, that's the other thing we have in Christ Jesus, wisdom. You're not wise, ask God for wisdom. God wants to give us wisdom in the way that we live, in the way we sort things out, in our churches. Number six, God has, given, has revealed sorry, the mystery of his will to us. The mystery of God's will for us is not mysterious and difficult to understand. It's a truth that's been locked up in God's plan for ages until the time was right to reveal it to mankind. God's plan is to bring all things together under the power and authority of Jesus Christ. That's his great plan. That is his great plan. And we have been let into the secret of God's eternal plan for the universe, and we are part of it. Isn't that wonderful? You're part of God's eternal, incredible plan. And no doubt, in the series that Sharush is doing, you'll understand a bit more of that plan and where you fit, where Jesus is, right from the beginning, right to the end. And it's an incredibly exciting journey that you'll take through that, I'm sure. And God has given us an inheritance. Our inheritance is eternity with God, which starts the moment we give our lives to Jesus. Let's say this now, you are in your inheritance right now. You're in your inheritance right now. It's all yours for the taking. An inheritance can only be claimed when the person leaving the inheritance for you dies. And because Jesus died on the cross for us, our inheritance is available to us right now. 
all the riches of Jesus. All we have to do is claim it. Your name, your name is on the will. Your name is there. And you just have to say, God, I claim some of this, all these promises you've got for me, because you're in Christ Jesus as well. Your inheritance is sure. We have a wonderful inheritance in God. And maybe as churches around here, we need to start living a bit more in the good of that inheritance that we have in Jesus Christ. And then number eight says this, God has sealed us with his Holy Spirit. When we become Christians, when we give our lives to Jesus, God the Holy Spirit comes to live within us as a guarantee of our salvation. The Spirit witnesses with our spirit that we are children of the living God. The Holy Spirit comes to give us the power to live the way that God wants us to live. And it's impossible for us to be fruitful without the Holy Spirit living within us. In fact, it's impossible for us to become Christians without the Holy Spirit doing a work in us. It's also exciting because God has given us gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, he's given us wisdom, knowledge, discernment, faith, miraculous powers, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, healing, distinguishing between spirits, etc. Isn't that good? We have all those things. We have all those things. You know, one of the ways you'll know that God is filling you with his Holy Spirit continually is this, and it's very practical, you'll be displaying the fruits of the Spirit. Those things are great, they're God-given, but the fruit, we've got to work on a wee bit, don't we? It's character. The fruit of the Spirit are character issues. And God wants us to display the character of his Son, Jesus Christ. Galatians 5 says this, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the Holy Spirit is essential for us to live, to please and glorify God right now. And he's a guarantee of everlasting salvation, of everlasting life with God. As we look through this, you kind of realize that actually, God's done everything. God's done everything for us. God's done absolutely everything for us and we can do nothing. That's the wonder of becoming a Christian is that actually it's the most leveling thing humanity can ever experience because it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from there's only one way to come to God there's only one you've got to be born again and I just I just love that gossip you all coming through the same way I know some rich people who come to God and you know they can't buy the way into heaven they just got to come right Right, Dan, you've got to be born again. Born, being born's a messy old thing, isn't it? Sorry, ladies. You know about this more than us guys. But you have told us about it. Um, it's, it's, it watch the midwife. Anybody see that? Or was it call the midwife or something, didn't it? I try and stay out a long time. Um, but you know, we've all got to be born again. And it's such a levelling thing. God says, you've got to become like nothing. You can't do anything. Baby can't do anything when he's been born, can he? My medical knowledge is pretty, 
Oh. <laughs> it fills me with confidence, Raj. Thank you. Um, but, you know, the baby can't do anything when it's being born, can it? You see, we can't do anything. We've you, got to get that. We can't, it doesn't matter if we're trying to be good or we're trying to can't do anything. You just have to be born. And then when, when you are born again, then you start to live. Then you start to make decisions. Then you start to make choices. But coming to God is, is all about God. It's not about us at all. Okay, I want to just spend the last uh, few minutes really thinking about what it means to be in Christ. Now, you'll be pleased to know, well, possibly pleased to know, I'm exceptionally low-tech. Um, and you shop at Aldi. Yeah. So, uh, in here, some illustrations. Now, that is either a huge catapult or just a piece of wood. And I want to try and show you, if I can, to illustrate the wee bit of what it means to be in Christ. Now, let's say, for instance, this is us. Okay. So we're not all bad. We've been smoothed off a bit. We're regularly okay people. Now, this is illustration only, okay? This is God. <laughs> Okay, this is Christ. This is Christ Jesus. Now, you might say, well, okay, I'd, I'd like to know a bit more about Jesus. Okay, so I'm going to get close to Jesus. Okay, there you are. You're close to Jesus. Now, the trouble is, in some ways, you can stay as close to Jesus as you like, but you're never going to look like him. Why, why won't you look like him? Well, because you're just... We're just there. And you might think, well, do you know what? I, I'm going to become I'm going to become more religious. So I, I might, I was going to bring a hammer and nails and nail this on here, but I, hey, lots of my illustrations go wrong when I start doing things like that, so I thought better not. You'll have to pretend. So, so I put a nail in there. Okay, well, I could put a nail in there, but it's never going to make this piece of wood look like this piece of wood. It's impossible. Why? Well, because it's just humanly joined. It's got no, there's no life in it from Jesus. It's just there. It just sits there. And it can never, it can never look like Jesus. In fact, it doesn't even have the same life source as Jesus. It's just standing close to Jesus. Now this little fellow over here, if you were to look carefully at this, and I can show you later, this is, this branch here, is a different type of tree to this tree here. Okay? And you can see where it's just grown and grafted in to that tree. I actually found this in my garden when I was looking for an illustration, which was, I was very pleased about. And, and this tree, funnily enough, the bit that's grafted in is a bit of an old thorn tree. And this is, a, this is a plum tree here. It's a fruit tree. But you see now, this piece of wood, you know how similar it looks. And you notice where the life for that's coming from? It's coming from here. 
and it looks the same and it's got the same life source and actually it's changed it's now part of this tree and you can pull it you can do what you want to it I really am pulling I'm not just kind of doing a little bit of activity so when we're in Christ when we're in Christ the important thing is that we need to know how we are in Christ. See, when you're in Christ, when you're really in Christ, there's nothing can separate you. Nothing can separate you. Look, look at that. Man, you, you are tough in there. You're tough in there. Nothing can separate See, when you're like this, there's a bit of trouble. Oh, dear. I've moved away from God. God doesn't love me anymore. Oh, hold on. I'm in Christ. You're in Christ. It's hugely important for us to grasp who we are in Christ. You see, some of us say this. Some of us say, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Are you? Are you? You were a sinner saved by grace. You're not a sinner saved by grace anymore. You're a saint who has been saved by grace. You can't be a sinner anymore because sinners in a different family. You've changed families. You're in a new root. You're in a new tree. Jesus, you're now in Christ Jesus. Now, you might be a saint that sins occasionally. Okay? But you can't be a sinner because that's a different family. Okay? Really important to understand this because it helps us in the way we live when we understand who we are in Jesus. So I want you to understand now, this is, this is the tree, so it's all coming from God, his Jesus, and, and actually everything that goes up through there can go up through here. Why do you think Jesus said, greater things than these will you do? Yeah, well, because he's saying to us, man, you've got all this power coming up here. It's coming up for you, it's coming up for you. And we need to just try and understand a little bit more in our lives. You see, sometimes we, we, we kind of almost expect to fail because we say we're sinners. And we've been taught for years, I've been taught for years that I was a sinner saved by grace, which was, was true. But that was when I was 14. I mean, that, that's, what, 20 years ago. So, you know, it's a long time. But you see, I needed to be taught. I wish somebody had told me, Phil, you're not a sinister. You're now a saint who has been saved by Jesus Christ. Now you're in a different family. You don't need to do the things you used to do. Why not? Well, you're not in the same family. Come on. Be part of the family. So being in Christ... All those promises we looked at, those eight promises we looked at in Ephesians chapter 1, are all done because we're in Christ Jesus. Hugely important to know we're in Christ Jesus. To know how that affects our lives is hugely important. We have all the power of God to draw on. You have every power of God to draw on in your life every day. Every day. And nothing can separate you from the love of God. Isn't that amazing? See, God's done all that. See, when you're born again, you, you come into this and then you go, man, I'm growing. 
Seriously, if I left this in the tree, it would, this, these, both these branches would grow bigger and bigger and get stronger and stronger. That's how they would go. And that's what God wants us to do. When this first started to graft in here, I could probably have caught hold of it, and I, if I'd have wrenched it, I could have probably pulled it apart. This is probably, I don't know, can't count the rings, but several years of growth in there. You see, as we go on our Christian lives, let's get stronger. Oh, man, we're in Christ now. You go, oh, hey, try and move me now. In Christ Jesus. So, maybe some of you this morning need the radical transforming power of Jesus Christ in your life. Maybe there are things, we touched on it a bit earlier, really, uh, when, when we were praying. Maybe there are things God wants to release you from today. Maybe there are things that you need healing from. Well, God's here to do that. He's here in power. He promised to be with us when we come together. You know, the living God is with us right now. Do you know, we know he's with us because we brought him in. Yeah, we brought him in. As soon as you come into a room, God's there. What? Well, you're in Christ. You see, you walk into a room, God comes in with you. Jesus comes in with you. Isn't that amazing? So we know he's here and he's in us and he wants to do some amazing things, I'm sure, with us today. So... I guess the best way to finish is for me to pray and allow you guys to do whatever you want to do. That's okay. Let's just pray together. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father God, we want to thank you for your incredible, amazing goodness to us. I want to thank you, Lord God, that you've done absolutely everything in bringing us to you. Thank you, Lord God, that you brought us into that new birth. I thank you that we're in a new family. <clears throat> I thank you the new family is real. I thank you, Lord God, that you're our Father God. You're our Daddy God. You're the one who's close to us. And I thank you, Father God, that we are in Christ. When you look at us, you see Jesus. Lord God, how could we ever thank you enough? But Lord, we want to come to you now. Lord, we just pray, Lord God, that you'd come and touch each of us where we need to be touched. Father, I pray if there's things that we need to be rid of in our lives, things that need healing, things that need changing. Lord Jesus, would you come? Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and do an amazing work we ask this morning in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's stand. That's really foundational stuff, isn't it?